Welcome and thank you for joining Save Our Sisters Unplugged. If you're looking for a sisterhood of intelligent women to network with, then this is a podcast for you. We'll be letting our hair down and spilling all the tea on an array of topics and gain insight into what women really think. My name is Noreen Foy and I'll be your host. Now let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. In addition to being an attentive wife and mother, today's guest is the CEO and president of Miyobachi Inc., the vice president of OWL Inc. She's also a public speaker and a motivational speaker and the published author of How Can I Win? She has appeared in Ebony, Essence, Jet, and Black Enterprise magazines and has been featured in newspapers and commercials. It is a pleasure and an honor to introduce my Jamaican sis, Mrs. Simone Blair Walker. Welcome, sis. I'm going Medea. How are you? Everything's safe. Everything's safe. Yeah, That's man. for sure. Safe is definitely a Virgin Island slang. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I, remember, I haven't heard that one in a bit. In a you bit. know, you start talking to people from your same culture and all of a sudden your whole yeah, accent comes out. Everything starts coming out. Irie is Jamaican. Safe is from the, the VI. Oh, wow. yes, definitely. And you know, we, we, yeah. we intertwine yeah. them every now and then. Yeah. That's true. That is so true. Well, with all that you have going on, my dear, I'm glad that you could sit with me today so we can learn all about how you unlocked the blueprint to your success. We're going to go ahead and jump right in. And Mm -hmm. um, I just want you to tell me, you know, what was your childhood like growing up in Jamaica? Like, what was your family dynamic? Mm -hmm. Family dynamic. So I grew up in a home with my um, pretty much one of the youngest. So it was my cousin and I, who was a year and a half younger than I. Um, I grew up with my grandmother and her um, husband and my uncles and aunties. Um, my mom was there for a short period of time. So I, I'm, I'm a product of a teenage mom. Uh, so she later on um, got married a few years later and moved on to the US. I spent my childhood time growing up amongst, you know, more of a larger family unit. So with that, I developed a, a desire for family and understood the value of having family around. That is definitely important. Your roots is really what grounds you in life. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. role did your grandma play in your life? Uh, she was my mother, my grandmother, you know, so she was, she still is. Um, fortunately, she's at a point now where she's at her you know, she's living out her final days, but she was definitely that, that pillar to me and that role model. Um, I watched her um, as, a, as a nurse. She worked extremely. I think she was a dedicated mom. Like, you know, she worked a two to 10 shift. So when I got home from school, all of our meals were on the stove already prepped and prepared for us. Um, and then she was very classy. Always a classy woman. Sundays, we had this big lavish brunch style dinner with table settings and just um, everything, the best time out on Sundays. And also she was an entrepreneur. So uh, her side hustle, she always had a little side business. And so she would sell, you know, popsicles, ice cream and um, sell milk, whatever to the neighborhood. So um, from that, I actually um, was exposed to like entrepreneurial because as a matter of fact, um, part of my responsibility was to take the bus from St. Catherine, which is the parish that I lived in, 
and I would take the bus to Kingston and, and sometimes take an additional bus to the, the manufacturer for the ice cream company and order popsicles and then carry that back home. Wow. To, you know, um, yeah, and that's like a little girl, like seven, wow. eight, six. You know, <laughs> and you know, we do things different in the islands because here in America, you would never hear of a, a seven-year-old. My grandson is seven. Absolutely. You would never hear of a seven-year-old going and doing Absolutely. all those things. But we grew up real early. We learned real early that we have to help. We have to cook. We have to Mm -hmm. clean. We have to make sure the yard is Mm -hmm. taken care of. Yeah. Uh We are the runners for the store. You know, all those things. Mm -hmm. I used to remember my brothers, you know, my mother would give them exact change because, you know, she don't want them to go and get (laughs) nothing extra. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. Yeah. So, and then also part of my, I think my first responsibility beside that was to actually um, pick up the leaves and sweep the dirt, you know, so we didn't have, um, a backyard, you know, grass or anything like that. It was actually just dirt. And so, um, but the leaves would fall and it still would require, you know, to be manicured and kept. And so while it was dirt, I definitely understood the value of things that are simple that we tend to not value. So I think that was a very good, strong lesson that I had carried in my life. And so my grandmother was I can say set a lot of foundation in addition to uh, ensuring that I attended church every Sunday. <laughs> I never missed Sunday mm-hmm. church. And then also I, I went to an Anglican based school too. So every morning we would have mass and we would pray before we started our day. So um, having a spiritual foundation for me was also important and what was laid by, you know, my grandmother. And okay. so um, I had a good as far as that, I also had some, you know, rough patches there too. So those are pluses, and then there's also the, you know, upside down at what we experienced growing up too. And she started you off in the church real young. As mm-hmm. I say, you bend that tree while it's young. Yes, absolutely. And those have influenced a lot of decisions that I've made along the way, uh, all the way up to today, actually. They still influence my life. So I know grandma's an island woman, so you know she must have her holistic teachings. Absolutely. How much yeah, did you learn about that? Oh, well, I could tell you what the passion that I have for holistic healing really stemmed from uh, an experience with my grandmother. So right around, I want to say between the age of seven and eight, somewhere in there at school, I was playing on the ground or the floor, I would say, and then a splinter actually entered in my index finger. And it went all the way underneath my nail. And I was in so much pain, man. They sent me home. My grandmother looked at it. She got um, a green banana. She scraped it off, peeled the skin off, and then she warmed up some kerosene oil, pour the kerosene oil in the green banana skin, wrap up my finger with it, and send me to bed. After she sent me to bed, I wake up the next morning, the splinter out. It was, for me, it was like a miracle. Like, there's no way. Wow. Because I'm looking at, I was looking at my finger saying, how is that going to come out? I mean, and I was in pain. And when I saw that and experienced that, it, it has always impacted my life. And so as, as far as um, healing and, and alternative remedies and, and um, procedures, I've always had this mindset, like there's another way. There's always another way, you know. And so um, a part of my passion up to, to this day is all about wellness, alternative wellness and healing. Uh, when I came to the United States, you know, after living in the Virgin Islands, I had looked into 
the process of how to become a natural health doctor because that was my ultimate goal. However, um, at that time, it was not recognized, nor there was any schools available for me. And so because of that, I, you know, pursued modeling for some period, but then um, led my path into the beauty industry, which led me here. So right. um, um, at heart, I'm an entrepreneur, definitely. I started out that way, but um, health and well-being has always been my center of everything that I do. Um, and not just um, healthy as far as physically, but, you know, mind, body, and spirit. And so, you know, my business, Miyabachi, my brand, Miyabachi, that's where that name came from because I believe that there's truly three aspects of who we are. And so there, at each point, there's always going to be some form of balance in place. You can't always be so focused physically but then neglect the mind, you know, and the spirit, the verses, you know, you can't just be all, I'm all about hallelujah and my spirit and your body going down, you know, right. and all that. So I've learned through my own personal journey that the healthiest balance is to create balance. <laughs> and it's, exactly. it's something that is, it's almost like your life, um, you know, pursuit, something that you have to try and continue to do as long as you live. So that's part of my goal. <laughs> Yes. And you said a lot right there because a lot of people, they don't really think about that. They don't think about how mm -hmm. everything is all connected. And mm -hmm. the way your grandmother mm -hmm. made that example with that banana leaf, I'm going to have to try that next time because mm -hmm. I am the clumsiest person you would. Just as we were talking, I almost kick over my, my little light. Here. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, you have to be careful too with your words because words are just as powerful. So when you start saying I'm the clumsiest, and of course it's nothing wrong with acknowledging some of the things that we do but we also have to be mindful of how much we feed into things too sure. and claim it and That's claim true. it it's That's trying true. to stick to you you know everything is bounded back to me is in essence a seed and so you water it with your words or your actions so is that something that you want be careful how you accept it as i am this and i am that what you put behind i am reinforces that yes ma'am i will definitely take that to heart <laughs> Yeah. I will definitely take that to heart because I have been a little intentional about what yeah. I've been listening to and who I've been hanging around with. And mm -hmm. I've been doing some chopping and cleaning up in my life so mm -hmm. I can actually um, set some intentions for myself, my husband, my children, my grandchildren, you know, so that we can definitely all, as you put it in your book, win. <laughs> yeah. And it's important to, you know, it's like we all have those habits at times where we say things that we don't necessarily understand the, mm -hmm. the, the true value or how it really affects us and so sometimes it's just good to have people that understand your mission and your goals or like someone around who's like catching you or like I, hey wait a minute whoa whoa you just you just you know created a little puddle here let me help you fix it so we have to kind of be each other's eyes and ears and look out for each other so if I hear you say something that hey let me just insert that while I can Again, you can take it, you can receive it because like I, people tell me things all the time. I don't necessarily receive what they're saying. So I internally either say I receive it or uh, I, you know what, you know what, I rebuke that and then I take that bung yeso. I don't care what I want to say or maybe I say it in my mind. But again, you know, those are just some of the things I've practiced. And I think eventually for me, it has just made me stronger, more confident in my walk as a person. That's good. Because you know what, not all advice is good advice. And, you know, yeah, you have to definitely be conscious of mm -hmm. um, 
of what people are telling you and the, the and what you're telling what, yourself exactly and what you're telling yourself because people can tell you a lot of things but what you tell yourself uh have a lot sometimes more weight carries more weight within than you know absolutely yes 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 and yes <laughs> <laughs> and i love that your grandmother um taught you so many holistic things uh one of the things that mm. i always introduce to people there's so many people that I've helped because my mom is the same way and so mm -hmm. I could definitely relate to your grandmother teaching you all that my mother never had an aspirin in her whole life you know mm -hmm. she has a plant a tea or a bush for everything mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. one of the things that she used to tell us like when the babies get a uh, high fever she mm -hmm. said just cut me an onion and bring me a pair of socks and she would cut that onion put it in the wow. socks put the socks on the foot and it would pull all of the heat from the body. Mm. And that fever would never, dust off. Never knew that one. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, 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 know about, I know about the rum. I know about the rum in Jamaica. So, you know, Jamaican right rum is like, uh, I want to say, don't quote me, but I think it's either 100 proof or something like that. It's oh, extremely it's high. Proof. It's 100 yeah. proof. <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend, but, Audrey, she always keeps me right, <laughs> completely right, up to date right. on the Jamaican rum. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Ray and nephew, so they all slap your head with it, slap your forehead with it, yep. slap your chest with it to pull and draw down the fever. Another thing is lemongrass too, or in the same time they call it fever grass. And fever grass. fever grass is what they have used to like lower the, the fever as well. So again, you know, prior to Western medicine or modern medicine, there was always a home remedy or, or homeopathic remedy to healing. And so I think a lot of times nowadays it's an industry that is profitable, but it's become also unaffordable for some people too. And so the more that we tend to just even focus on maintenance versus um, <laughs> fixing something, exactly. I think, I think we, we all could be better, but just getting to know yourself, getting to know your body and educating yourself and reinforcing it on a daily basis. I think that we eventually um, develop stronger selves, and, but also cultures, family, society, and so on. So, you know, I'm all about that. I'm all about that. Oh, me too. I, I definitely like to not go into the, the aspirin and the man-made stuff because I'm mm. always like... Side effects. <laughs> side effect. Oh my gosh. I was just yeah, talking to my husband and, about You fix about one that. thing and, and, and create 10 more problems. <laughs> exactly. All those different mm -hmm. things are like, oh, the side mm -hmm. effects could be, you know, all this anal mm -hmm. itching and cause yes. headaches, dizziness. And, and I'm like, Stroke, who's signing heart up attack. Heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> like I was right about to buy that right up until you gave me all those side effects and like no thank you so at some point in your life you left home you grew up mm -hmm. and then you met the father of your daughters how did mm -hmm. that happen oh my god all right um well I, I, I definitely went about um dug in a little bit in the book where I had a series of unfortunate events that led me to the Virgin Islands. Um, there I met my first daughter's father. And so um, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> Young, dumb, and making some really emotional decisions. Looking back at my life, man, I have definitely made some emotional decisions. And so I would say, as a matter of fact, I was thinking about it today, like, man, I felt like I was the one that was drinking the Kool-Aid. Does that make any sense? Oh, yes. It makes you know? sense. But either way, I've learned that no matter what decision you, you make, 
you know, as long as there's life, there's a chance to recover and make the best of what was given to you and or the choices that you made. Um, they weren't there, you know, I, I love my daughters and I'm grateful for them. They are the light of my life. Um, however, the choices that I made as far as their father, that was just not the best. Yeah, at all. I think they, those experiences serve for me to help my daughters, you know, to make wiser decisions. But mm-hmm. um, from my experience, I was, I've learned how an unhealthy foundation sometimes could lead to, especially when you don't have enough, a strong enough guidance or you're running for one thing, you're looking for love in the wrong places or you're looking right. for something, but you don't even know what you're looking for personally. Right. You know, how can you find love when you don't even know what love is? And so those are reflections of my period of my life when I was searching and not knowing where I was going. But I thank God, though, I had God. And I'm telling so, you. Um, I always had that to go back to. So when I found myself in a place where I just felt, you know, I felt in the dark or in the gray spot or lost. And I always would go back to, you know, the roots of my, the word and I would find my way out. And sometimes I would end up being like a painful realization, but, you know, I, with God and time and patience, I was able to find my way through. Those are not some of the best experiences. You know, I've experienced a lot of, I hear you. oh my God. You and know, I definitely I understand. <laughs> yeah. I, I, trust me. I definitely understand. Yeah, um, I've experienced some of it. Done being put in my head, beat, beat up with a, two by four. I mean, it's some, a lot of crazy memories. And I think sometimes you think about it because after you go through certain things, because you've already been through it, you tend to develop some form of strength, you oh, know, yeah. uh, and survival about it. But then you don't necessarily value it as much until you put your children, like you try it to me, like when I think about me going through it, okay, I've been through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I talk about it. But when I, if I try to imagine like, man, what if my daughter were going through something like that? Then it becomes so heavy. Yeah, and then I'm like, well, man, then, well, yeah, it becomes real. And I'm like, wait a minute, I went through that, you know? So it's almost as if I have to ex- extract myself from certain situations and place somebody else in it for me to really understand the trauma and what I have overcome. But um, I can tell you that everything that I've experienced has made me a stronger person, but more so stronger for, some, for somebody else. Uh, even though I resented some of the experience at the time and would ask, why me, God? Why me? This is not fair, blah, blah, blah. But hindsight 22, we have to also take responsibility for our own actions too. Many times we want to blame other people, even though they are a part of the roles that we you know, experience. But many times we could have avoided them if we had made better decisions. So Absolutely. I put it on myself too. Absolutely. And so you've forgiven yourself for some of the choices that you're not too happy with that you made in your past. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Forgiveness is, I didn't get into that, let's say forgiven myself, but I just accepted, you know, definitely that I could have made better choices. Um, but I don't think I'm like holding myself hostage, you know, like, right. So yeah, I guess you said forgive, <laughs> but I, you know, I'm not like, I like yeah. that phrase, holding yourself hostage, because um, I too have had all my kids out of wedlock. And uh, we know how these island households work. That does not mm-hmm. go down well, that nobody is swallowing mm-hmm. that pill easily. And mm-hmm. uh, your parents, you know, it's a shame. So I've shamed my parents three times. And I, I can also relate because I have two fathers that I deal with. And mm-hmm. 
it's like the same person. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, same character, different person, same yes. spirit. Put it that way. Same, same spirit. spirit, same sign too. Taurus yeah. men, let me tell you, no, big no, no. <laughs> so, did you um, seek counseling after all of those things that you went through? No, you know what? Believe it or not, today was the very first day that I actually ever decided to speak with someone. And um, I made that I, I made a choice, you know, because I've always been that counselor and that ear and that voice of reasoning for um, someone, but I've never looked to any type of, you know, counseling. Uh, God has been my counselor and mm-hmm. I wait for him's direction and I pray and, and I go with time, but I've never done it. And so I did decide to make that call. And I spoke with someone today and, you know, it's definitely a different experience, um, but I haven't gotten to, I guess, any type of, um, it's just more of a conversational thing. And I think really sometimes that's what's needed. You just need to have the conversation where a safe place to kind of like exhale right, um, and just download certain things. Because really and truly, sometimes the things that we experience are really heavy and not because a person is willing to hear that means they have the ability to manage and deal with it because it's garbage and so like um uh in writing the book that was one of the things that I truly had to like uh, I think that was part of the hardest part in writing the book was to analyze what was necessary to put out and how to put it out there so that whoever is on the receiving end can relate to it, but not absorb the junk that comes with it and come out with what's the, the byproduct or, you know, how to apply it moving forward. And so I had to do a lot of soul searching and, you know, prayer and asking God for direction and, you know, um, throughout the whole book so that it could be that winning remedy for somebody. And so, um, you know, I think we all, once you start asking yourself the right questions and and truly reading all the signs, because life will give us signs all the time. We just don't want to hear it or don't want to accept it. And so, um, but yeah, I, I did it for the first time today. So I don't know what <laughs> time is going to now reveal how that impacts me moving forward. But yeah. I definitely know that I'm at a point where I do need to make certain decisions i'm at a next chapter in my life right um right. I, I'm, I'm i'm at a really defined place now where i've lived long enough to experience life in a full enough circle like i see life like because i was an athlete and i see life similar to like a basketball game or you know okay. basketball was one of my favorite sports and you know you have four quarters and then you have after the second half you're like okay this is we don't know what our opponents are doing we don't know who's the key player we know all the moves we don't you know pros and cons what's the plan and moving forward to win the game how do we win this game using all the pros and cons and so for me right now this is me going into that third quarter of my life you know I'm 48 I'll be 50 um you know next year God's for my life and so um, I intend on having the best life, but I cannot have the best <laughs> life. I'm t- carrying anything where I'm going. And, and so that's the same mindset I had in my first, second quarter, first and second quarter. But this time I'm coming, going into my third quarter with so much more knowledge and experience where I have enough track record to see a pattern. 
And so um, I know that now it's for me to like make some critical decisions uh, and the decisions that I'm making is truly about me and how I make my decisions and, you know, where I draw the line, where I establish my boundaries. Mm. I hope I don't actually be gotten to the point in the life, in the book where I'm like, okay, it's about, start about, we're about being me, focus on me because I give up so much of myself. Well, I still give up a lot of myself, but really and truly this point is really about going into me. I've dedicated a lot of my life to family, children, you know, everyone, even in like this last season, I've dedicated so much of my time um, marketing the book and helping a lot of people, you know, with their brands and showing them how to win. But I want to win even more, but I want to win for me in a, right. on a deeper level, on a deeper level. So this season, it's about being extremely more intentional about my actions, my time, and my life because life is fleeting you know i don't want to live in any form of regrets but also want to be wiser you know like man don't take anything for granted anyone for granted but live the best life and really hey hey this thing is totally not good for me become more disciplined become more health conscious life health is fleeting too i should you know i should say health is fleeting but that's i mean that's reality you know, unless you do something to slow it down, it progresses in its own motion. So um, I just need to be more conscious about everything that I'm doing, eating, thinking, speaking, so that I can truly um, be a blessing to myself and to the people around me. Right. You want to help, help yourself first. <laughs> exactly. Because that's what they tell you to do on the plane. You have to put your mask on mm-hmm. first before you help anybody yes. else. Yeah. Um, so since you started in on the book, Mm-hmm. How can I win? When mm-hmm. I heard that title, I mm-hmm. screamed it in my head. And I feel like that's okay. Let me let me say this. You have your Jamaican patois that you speak. How can I win? Yeah. And your yeah. whole speech. And you know, we always, mm-hmm. as island people, we want to put our culture in everything. Yeah, my flag mom. hangs in front of my house. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We have to put our flag on everything and we have to incorporate our culture in everything. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that, how can I win? It, I imagined that you were at a point in your life where you was just talking to God and screaming that in frustration. Mm-hmm. You know what? Ironically, so that poem, a poem um, came about when I was in the shower, somewhere around 2010-ish, somewhere in there. Um, and I, I'm not a poet. Um, I don't even read a bone to poems, but I do appreciate them if I come across a good one. But I was in the shower one day, and that poem came out of my mouth. Just like, you know, it's like, how can I win? You know, how can I win when I started this battle wounded, living in a world full of sin and distractions, only to realize that the war and the victory are within. And it's, you know, it's like mind boggling because it's like, you know, I don't know, when I go into the shower, there's something that's, I don't know, spiritual about just letting that water hit my head. The water. And run, it, yeah, it's the water, it's the mm-hmm. water. And so um, it's like a spiritual cleansing and a spiritual yep. showering and that as well and and so when I got out of the shower I was like whoa you know and it just stuck in my head and then I called my husband later on that day and I spoke it to him he's like well, who wrote that 
Oh, he's like, man, that's good. I said, that's me. He's like, well, you, you did that? I said, yes. I was like, oh, my goodness. And so I, I wrote it down and it stuck with me for years. And um, I was like, you know, I've always, and I thought about even trying to extend it, add to it. But every time I try to add to it, it just, I get, there's nothing else I can add. You no, know, that's exactly it doesn't what treat, it yeah, yeah. So, um, and when I was writing the book, originally the name of the book was going to be Watch Me Rise. And that came from an episode. And I wrote about that later on where, you know, I was struggling. I was, this is when I left the Virgin Islands and I'm living off my income, my savings, I would say. And I'm here and then my mom is, you know, trying to tell me that I don't know what I want to do with my life. And, you know, basically the badgering me, you know, making me feel like nothing really and emphasizing what she perceived as me making some, you know, decisions that's going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, but I knew differently, you know, I knew what I was doing and I had a purpose with everything I, I'm doing. And many times people would make decisions in their lives that other people like, or, you know, speculating and think they understand and they're ready to give you their opinion, but they're really like beating you up. And so she's telling me, you don't know what you want to do with your life, blah, 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 blah. And I turned around to her as lowly as I felt. And I looked her in her eyes with stern determination. I said, let me tell you something. I said, you may think, you know, that I don't know what I want to do in my life. I know exactly what I'm going and where I'm doing. I said, I know who I am. I said, well, let me tell you something. You watch me rise. And that was it for me. And so, um, I prove it to her and the pigeons on the sidelines, you know, with their opinion, blew oh, them yeah. all away. But, you know, it, it takes that certain determination when many times people wait for other people to believe in them before they start believing in themselves. But I've never needed anyone to believe in me. I just had to continue to fight through whatever pain that life gives me. And so I started with that book and with that name. And I had a ghostwriter that was assisting me at the time. But that version, I liked it, but it wasn't me because I was really running from the responsibility of writing. I never considered myself a writer. I didn't think right. I had ability. So I was relying on somebody else's, you know, gift and talent, you know. But when I read the first chapter, even though it sounded nice and compelling, it just wasn't what I felt God had put in my heart, which I didn't know what that was, but I knew what it's supposed to feel like, you know? Right. And when you're a spiritual person, you tend to go to your gut instinct. And my gut instinct was saying that wasn't the way. And I felt like if that wasn't the way, well, the way that means I'm going to have to do something that I really, really didn't want to do. But um, I'm like, man, this is crazy. But I felt like Jonah, you know, like, God puts something in your heart to do, but I don't want to do it. And I'm running from it. And, <laughs> but it's not easy. And so finally I started, you know, I, I, I'll come committed to try to do it. And um, when I finally got serious about doing it, I didn't have a name, but I said, you know what? Sometimes people get hung up with the foundation or I need to have a name before I start, but you, tell me, you just got to get going. And along yeah. the way, the answers will come to you. And so that's one of the lessons I learned in life. Whatever you got put in your heart to do, you don't have to have all the details, but you definitely have to be moving in towards that direction. And I said, you know, it's going to come to me. And at some point in the book, it hit me that 
oh my god I had the answer all along yeah the title is how can I win and I'm like that is what I've been doing all my life trying to figure out how to win try to figure yeah. out how to come all the distractions in the world trying to figure out how to navigate through all the ups and downs the things that arises from sin and decision making and the battle that comes internally and externally how do you navigate how do you win through all of that and you know um, it all sums up to the war which we experience within ourselves and the victory <laughs> they all Absolutely. boil down to what's happening within yourselves and with what's within yourself um, and how you um, navigate that with your spiritual life. I think that's the answer to yeah. growth and, and, and the breakthrough. And you've come a long way. You know, with, with this book, listen, when I looked at the cover, I'm like, yes, girl. <laughs> I'm like, you Thank are you. giving me some Janelle Monet vibes on the cover mm -hmm. of that book. And I love a black and white Thank profile. You. Now, I can't pull off a profile, child, because the way my edges are set up, you know, it's not going to be a good, a good choice for me. Well, listen, I always have like some kind of testimony with everything. So that cover, I originally wanted to do like, I don't know, this crazy space cadet looking cover like galaxy or something crazy. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was like, I don't know, I picked a, like a one of those what do you call it? Those, um, uh, what, do you, what do you call those pictures? Those pictures that you could buy, those images, stock images. Oh, stock images. Of like a, yeah, of like an out of space type of thing. And so <laughs> one of the proofreaders of the book, you know, she's like, Simone, why don't you use your, your own picture? I was like, no, I don't want myself on the book. I just felt that's a little bit vain. She said, but Simone, the book is about you. I'm like, yeah, man, but I don't want, and I, I rejected it. And I was like, Simone, why don't you? I'm like, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. So I'm like, oh God. Then I start thinking about what do I have to do to get a cover? And so one of the things I always think about, like when I have something to do and when I start running from it, I have to ask myself why I'm running from it. And what I found is that if it requires work, and I'm running for it more than likely that's what I should be doing because being lazy is not the answer no. <laughs> if your answer boils down to you're just avoiding it because you don't want to do it that means you're just you know exercising a lazy habit which eventually doesn't benefit me so I'm like oh god sorry right, now I gotta work now I gotta find okay god now um I said well sometimes what you're looking for you already have so sometimes you don't necessarily have to go out and reinvent the wheel you just need to look around to see what you already have in place right. and I'm like do I have anything that you know resembles what I would be doing if I'm winning what would I be thinking about what would my posture be and so um anyway I went out I did a photo shoot called the photographers came out did it went through the pictures nothing nothing came from that I didn't feel it I wasn't feeling that and so what's crazy is that so I had uh, a photo shoot for my birthday with my coming to America birthday where I had like you know at, oh, it was an amazing party <laughs> but um it was amazing but you know again I love my Afrocentric roots and so you'll see some of my images where I look Afrocentric and then some of them I'm looking long and sleek you know I just like to play in both worlds and so um for my birthday, I had some pictures taken and I had one that, um, actually a few of them that was blown up for my party. And I just didn't like it because um, 
I had like some little fat hand was hanging out on my side. I'm like, oh, I don't like that picture. So they would put it out, display it. And my husband would display it on the easel and I would pass by and I would be disgusted. And I would just try to hide it, you know? So he'll find that picture and he'll display it and I'll find it and I'll hide it. So this went on for months. And then finally (laughs) I was like, you know what? Simone, you're just being so freaking vain. Your husband is here celebrating you and you're being so nitpicky and vain about something. So probably so minute just leave the dog on picture and mm-hmm. one day I was as I was walking down the staircase I just happened to glance at the picture and I zeroed in on my face not the rest of my body just my mm-hmm. face and I realized OMG that's it that's yeah. what I'll be doing I'll be looking just like that outside and so that picture and it, the picture that I hated <laughs> Which, which relates to principles in life sometimes you look at things you want to throw everything out or the life experience the experience that you have you just like you focus on one thing but you make it so big that you do not see the value in everything else and so um that cover is a reflection of life and how I have totally grown in that respect to where I value um experiences and try not to thought everything Right. Um, and so I found the, the idea cover and, you know, took a little tweak in here and there because I'm like, you know, I don't like the color. I just really like that simple black and white. Um, at first, I thought red and black would be the complementary mm-hmm. color. But then again, listening to, you know, it's good to take advice and, and ask someone else. And it's like, you know, I think red is just too, too much. It's too harsh. It just yeah. seems more very bold. You know, he said gold. I think he said that would be better because it represents when I said, you know what, that's a great thought too. Thank you so much. So I think it's always good to get counsel. Don't always rely on yourself. Be open to um, ideas from other people. You don't have to receive it, but then you have to definitely have to live with it. Oh, definitely. And then you sometimes you overthink stuff too, because when I look yeah. at that picture, I'm looking at you like you're really thinking about how to win. That was, that was my prayer. Yeah. And that was my prayer. I was like, God, help me to find that image because I want an image that represent me thinking about winning and what my posture would be. And I wanted to find a, a, an image that someone could look at and feel connected to it as well. Right. Well, I love the dedication that you put in there to your husband. How instrumental was he in helping you get the book launched? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, that was another story. My husband hated the the whole experience. Oh, really? It was rough. It was so rough. Oh my God. My husband thought the whole journey of writing the book, he gave me such a hard time. It was rough. It initially took me four years of just writing in circles. I had went away to like a personal retreat, you know, um, checked into a little hotel because I had writer's block. I couldn't just, I couldn't write. I couldn't think. I couldn't do anything, you know. And so I went, I checked into a little retreat. And when I checked in the retreat, I was there. And then I really, I just started writing. But the fact that I went away, my husband hated that. He just felt like I abandoned him. And then um, he just felt everything that happened um, in our life or in our marriage that, you know, that any junction that he was supposed to happen with, he blamed it on the boy. He's like, it's that damn book. It's that damn book. Everything is that damn book. <laughs> and if I would try to, 
you know, ask him a question. He's like, I don't ask me nothing about that damn book. I don't want to hear nothing about that damn book. And so I was really on my own with my damn book. <laughs> you know? so, so, That's um, pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, um, but, you know, I wrote in circles for the longest. And then one day I asked myself, you know, okay, Simone, what's your problem? What is going on? You know, I mean, I'm literally writing in circles. And then I realized that I was really trying to do too much all at once. You know, I was helping my daughter in her mom and career, flying here. I was going to school, trying to finish up my degree. I'm running businesses. I'm doing all sorts of stuff, being mom and being wife. I mean, I'm wearing a hundred hats and then trying yeah. to write a book. And the book was really not just something that you could write multitask, but you have to truly um, isolate just a specific time frame for that. And so what I decided to do was knock out some of the major things that was absorbing most of my my time and where I can just meditate and zero down. And then I dedicated um, three o'clock in the morning because I had insomnia for years. And so what I understood, you know, that when we have something to do or for me personally have something to do it was almost like life will nag you until you get it done. And so okay. three o'clock so was that time for me that I would wake up and just stare at the ceiling for hours. And I said, well, you know what, Simone? Well, why not be more productive with that time? You know, um, get up. And so I dedicated to sitting down um, three o'clock. I started on my balcony and I sat there for at least a couple of weeks, just like, just writing a sentence, a paragraph here uh, and I was like well you know what let me just start I can at least I may not be able to write a book but at least let me try to write a pamphlet and I decided on how I wanted it to feel I had a better direction of how I wanted and where I wanted the book to flow and in the in the process of trying to write a pamphlet I wrote a book and and and, and everything came together and so what took me four years initially took me four months and Everything just came together one by one by one by one. God, again, I do believe that life and time will send the right people the right situations to help you along your journey. You just have to get centered and balanced and in sync Absolutely. with your purpose. And so um, in the end, after finishing the book and I presented it to my husband, my husband is excited about the book. Now he bragged about the book. He's like, oh my God, I didn't help her. But we laugh about me and my damn book. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it was good. It was good. Sometimes, you know, we go through things and we don't understand and people don't understand. Well, you, you know, know, you um, probably needed him to reject the book in order for you to actually see focus. your own vision. Yeah, and see my own strength. As yes. Well. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And in your book, you mm -hmm. said anything was possible when I put the correct action, thoughts and prayers behind it. Mm -hmm. I love that particular phrase you said that really stuck mm -hmm. with me. What specific prayers and scriptures kept you grounded in those fearful and uncertain moments? Uh, I can tell you that where there's a will, there's a way. That's just my personal belief where there's a will, there's a way. And behind, and that's not necessarily a scripture, but a quote. Uh -huh. um, and if you notice throughout the book, there's oh, yeah. tons of quotes. To I love that. I, do, I hang on those. Those give me strength. Where there's a will, there's a way, and behind every disappointment is a blessing in disguise. Because throughout every aspect of your walk, you're going to be disappointed. This is life. There's nothing ever is going to be like perfect. And as much as we want a fair tale life, it is not life, you know. And so, what do you do when you're not? You have to have hope. 
you have to have faith. When there's nowhere to turn, you have to have prayer. You have to have some form of belief. And so one of the things that had stood out to me was, you know, God knows your needs before you ask. So you're never alone in your journey. There is an adversary for you. There is somebody working for you. There's always something working against you, but whatever works against you also works together for the good. And for those who believe and trust in the Lord. And so um, I try to stay positive. I try to be optimistic despite whatever. And that has worked for me. And so that's my formula, you know, um, just being as positive as I can and knowing that when I take the higher road, even though it sometimes will be more painful or longer or cost more, but it propels me and it advances me in a direction that um that is like mind-blowing like my life now you know who would ever think that I would get here and the things that I'm doing but I imagine my life I brought my life here so another part of the book is really about manifesting the things that you want Mm -hmm. and you have to be able to see your life for what it is but then don't get so caught up into it where it becomes a distraction to your vision too because you can be your own distraction yes (laughs) I live that every day Mm-hmm. So what's mm-hmm. the most profound? You got to get out your way. <laughs> I do. I, I Listen, I know my strengths and my weaknesses. And I know sometimes mm-hmm. I am like squirrel. I get distracted for sure. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what's the most profound advice you give in the book? Mm-hmm. Most profound advice? I don't know. I've, I've given so many. So I think it's based on the individual. But life is your biggest teacher. You know, um, we learn from each other, but we also learn from our own journey. And if you want to understand more about yourself, start paying attention to the choices and the outcomes and look for those patterns. Life will teach you, like you just said, um, different person, (laughs) but same experience. So like, what is that teaching you about you and how you make your decisions? And so um, so it's not about the person. It boils down to you. If you want to change your life, then you have to change something about yourself instead of focus on what the other person needs to change. Ask yourself, what do I need to change for me in order to change the life around me? Well said. I I really love what you just said. And I know authors are readers as well. What Mm -hmm. book kept you going when you started out or even when you're struggling? What book do you turn Mm to? The Bible. The Bible is my go-to book and the book of Proverbs. Uh, I love that. It's always been my favorite book since a a child. Um, Also, the Old Testament, I think, is a good reference, too, because it chronicles real people with real problems. (laughs) Yes. And, (laughs) you know, and you tend to kind of like see their life decision and how one decision impacts a whole history or generation of people and character but you also see how um people make bad decisions but have also um good outcomes too so it just shows you that life is life is what it is um and thank god for mercy thank god for grace and um and also the my one of the, the first books that truly had an impact was um the seven spiritual laws of success by deepak chopra and in that book, he talks about law of attraction. And really, that's the biggest one. And just the power of speech. And so I started speaking to myself differently. And what I say to myself and just speaking money into existence and talking to myself and hearing myself say things about myself that I needed to hear 
or wished other people said about me, but told it to myself. So that book, um, Success Principles by Jack Canfield is another one. Um, hmm. What else? Um, the Celestine Prophecy, I think it's nonfiction, I'm not sure. Um, okay. But it's all the same I- ideology as success principles as far as like law of attraction and those things. But um, it just, that was my biggest eye opener. But there's a lot of things in life that seem so ironic, you know, like, right. man, that's, is that a coincidence or no, it can't be a coincidence. How in the world is this? <laughs> what, 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 you know? So life will get your attention and life is trying to get your attention for a reason. And it's time that when you start paying attention, then it start making more sense. Yeah. And I always say that life experience is the best teacher. Yeah. You know, you know, and so, and how, you know, how well you learn from that depends on your level of maturity. Absolutely. Or interpretation. Or interpretation, because everything is subject to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now that you've gotten to a level of success in your life, how do you help other women that you might see in your same well, predicament that you have come out of an abusive situation? Mm-hmm. You have created this platform for your life. You've created this legacy mm-hmm. for your little girls. Mm-hmm. How do you help them? Well, multiple ways. One, do my public speaking, do the information I offer on my website. I also um, offer life coaching to certain clients as well as I just use my social platform to kind of just promote healthy wellness and lifestyle choices. But for the most part, it's based on how I live my life on a day-to-day basis. I just Mm -hmm. try to be a better person each day. I don't proclaim to be Mother Teresa or anyone perfect, (laughs) but I do try to be better. Hey, I'm human too, but my goal is to be better and to be an example for my daughters and as a mother and as a woman in this world and show other women that, you know, I understand. And my passion is to help them through that and, uh, and say, hey, you're not alone. You got this. You can win. I know you can. I believe in you. And sometimes people just need to know that and hear that or even be able to say that, oh, man, okay, well, she did it. They ain't gone. I could do it too. And exactly. you didn't even know that. And so I use my journey and my story to help others rise up and shine themselves. And I love how you speak life into your daughters. Like my mother never spoke anything into me at all. The things that I've learned mm-hmm. in life, I've learned through experiences. Right. And so I try to really speak that into my daughters, the things that I grasp. Mm-hmm. I try to say, hey, you don't have to walk in those landmines. I already yeah. did. They're already blown up. Yeah. I'm making the sacrifice so you can now be okay. So when I tell you that this is the way, you need to trust that this is the way. You don't need to fight yeah. me at every turn about it. It's my job yeah. as your mother, even if you're a grown woman, but it's still my job to still guide you and let you know, hey, I'm here. I am going to be your resource. I, I don't want you learning things out in the streets from other people that may not have your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Here mm-hmm. I am. You know, if you win, I win. Mm-hmm. And I want you to win. Yeah, I would say what's so unique is that sometimes we sound like a, we're speaking that to deaf ears because they don't understand. You know, sometimes you wish they would appreciate it. And sometimes you think, man, they're not, I don't think they appreciate it you know, the fact that I'm rooting so hard for them. Mm-hmm. But we also have to accept the fact that they didn't go through the journey that we've gone through. So we have to just also like be mindful that they're like, okay, yeah. mom, I hear you, but uh, why are you so, you know, what's your problem? You know, yeah, we definitely <laughs> you know, have chill. to. 
we yeah, definitely have yeah. to be very cognizant of how we really approach that because they're yeah. living in a whole different time that's that different we were living in. And I, I just had this, yeah. I just had this conversation with my daughter. Um, she's, uh, how old is she? She's going to be 28 this year. And I had that same conversation with her about some of the choices that I made in my life when she was uh, younger. And yes, mm -hmm. she called me to the carpet, honey. And I had to answer some very hard questions, but I was truthful. I was like, mm -hmm. listen, I wasn't poured into, so I couldn't yeah. make the best decisions in that moment. You know, mm -hmm. I can apologize for your experience through my decisions, but I thought I was making the best decision with the tools that I yeah. had at the time. Would right. I go back and make those same decisions again? Probably not. But this is why you need to listen to mama. <laughs> yeah, but you just us saying that, trust me. They hear you, but they're not necessarily listening to you. Or yeah. they're listening to you, but they're not hearing you. So, but time, as you notice, like, I don't know if you can relate, but you hear certain people or certain elders say certain things, but it doesn't necessarily make sense until one day you're like, oh, mm -hmm. so that's what they meant. So I always think about my own life and say, you know what? Even though they may not understand what I'm saying right now, it's still my responsibility to say it. One day, exactly. Lord willing, they'll hopefully understand my point of view or why I'm so adamant about where I am, and they'll learn to appreciate where I'm coming from. So, Absolutely. Um, and I just stick with that and, you know, and just keep on going. And, and as mothers, I believe it's my responsibility, no matter how hard it gets or frustrating we get you know in trying to guide them or you know because we want the best for them but you know um not to give up for one you know on them and have patience um but know that they're human too and they got to live their journey and make their own decision and grow and allow god to walk and guide them through oh absolutely and i keep my daughters and, and my son i have a, a son too i have three kids i keep them all mm -hmm. covered in prayer because Yes, just like you said, they're coming from a whole different time. Their energy mm -hmm. is different. Their experiences are different. It's not a new experience, you know, it's mm -hmm. just a different experience. Right. And the way we handle them is based on our maturity and how we handle our own stuff. But, mm -hmm. you know, we have to definitely just keep them lifted in prayer. So yeah. before we yeah. close, Miss Lady... This is a part mm -hmm. of the show where I ask to give the listeners something to inspire and uplift them. So what advice would you give women who find themselves struggling to create the blueprint for their personal success? Um, know that you're not alone. And um, when you find yourself in a place where you have nowhere to go or no one to talk to, know that there's always God. He's always there. He understands your heart and pray and wait for that direction. Don't just haphazardly just make decisions, emotional decisions, make practical sound decisions. Um, and then believe in yourself, you know, know that you are worth it and that you are more than enough and forgive yourself too in the process. We all make mistakes, but anything, I mean, I thought anything you want out of life, you can get it. You just have to believe in the process, believe in yourself, be willing, be willing to take that step forward. And you don't have to have all the answers, but you have to be moving in the right direction. And step by step, day by day, you will get to where you're going because I'm here. And I do believe in myself and you have to believe in yourself too. And there were times where I wanted to quit 
because the tides of life just crashing against you, but you got to fight stronger than the winds coming at you for you to overcome. So whatever's coming at you, know that you already have the strength in yourself to overcome it. You just have to keep fighting and the answers and the people will come right when you need them. Just trust the process. I love it. I love it. <laughs> trust the process. Trust and the that's process. exactly what they need to do. Trust the process. And trust don't be process. afraid to ask for help. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, there's so many But ask for the right, not, not, just, not just that, ask for help from the right help. Because there's some people that are looking to prey on people that need help. And exactly. you have to ask for the right, from the right people. Absolutely. I totally agree. So your book is on Amazon and it's also yes. on your Miyabachi website. Yes. And, and I recommend doing, um, purchasing it from my Miyabachi website because Amazon is not always reliable. Many times they're, um, for some reason, the account that I have on it, it, it's not always shows up. You know, um, when, I don't know why the hard copy uh, link doesn't show up. Um, hmm. It's all about marketing. It's whoever the highest sales. So I've seen it on there for like sixty something dollars, which is crazy. Um, but on my website, it's nineteen ninety nine as usual. Well, it was it was seventy nine dollars. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, see. I'm like, okay, I mean, but you, you don't have to pay $79 because we're not getting the money anyway. So <laughs> you can get it for, for the, the actual published price, which is $19.99. And then there's an option to also have a signed copy as well from me. And so um, that's there. And then, you know, you can add, have access to my website and where if you have any questions or I always reach out to my readers. So um, my information, email, and um, business number is also available there too. So I'm always available and okay. available to help other women or who any or men too. So it doesn't matter. Oh, I love it. And where can people find you on your social handles? Um, Mia Bachi and um, Sloan Blair Walker. Mia Bachi. Um, and there's also How Can I Win on Instagram. Mia Bachi is on Instagram. Um, Simone Blair Walker is on Instagram and How Can I Win. And on Facebook, which is where I, I hang out, most of the time <laughs> is uh, Simone Blair Walker. Okay. Well, you know what? I really enjoyed this discussion today. Well, um, I love how candid that. that you are and, and you're funny. You. <laughs> you're not saying that yet. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I have to make a trip down there because... Um, I'm very like, right now. <laughs> listen, you know, you are wearing many hats. And one thing I didn't oh, yeah. uh, talk about, you know, we've talked about your childhood. We've talked about uh, your daughters and we've talked about a little bit about your abuse and we talked about the book, but what we did not talk about was the food, honey. And I'm going to go ahead and, and cook up your Akian saltfish recipe. More coming, more coming. This year I want to actually put out some more recipes, but more geared towards like healthy and, and well-being, yes. you know, especially women more as we get older, we tend to be more mindful of how we look and in our hair and our skin. So I'll be adding more recipes that actually enhances our, our skin and hair and our body. That would be so, nice. so I know that's what we're all about right now. Oh, absolutely. Know. Especially as we're crossing the five yeah, age group. Yeah, maybe, uh, trust me. <laughs> I mean, want to look like me at Turkey for a long time. <laughs> listen, uh, listen, we still look like a young girl in a Yes, my dear. Trust me, man. man still listen, looking like a I, young, I young girl. People always think I'm in my twenties. I'm like, oh, I'll take it. I'll take that. Mm -hmm. I'm in I said, my twenties. They're like, there's no way. You know, I don't believe it. 
world. Yeah. I give give the credit to Jamaica. How about <laughs> that? Give, give the credit to Jamaica. The, the coconut, ackee and sawfish, breadfruit, yam exactly. and banana. Them, them, there's something that me, me love. Grand, and them, grand provisions. And listen, and the mango them. <laughs> okay. See, and the mango is my favorite fruit. <laughs> and so mango. you have to, are you going to do any like, you know, these plant-based diets are, are really what people are really going for these days. Are you mm-hmm. going to be doing anything like that? I don't know. I think about it all the time, but well, sometimes, listen, we can't give up my fish because Jesus eats fish. So me, if I'm yam fish, me can yam fish too. So I don't know. Listen, I just have fish today, so. I love fish. I don't know. Listen, I love vegetables and I love fruits, but I don't know about giving up fish. No, we're I not giving up no fish. I can't. That's blasphemy. <laughs> yes, we can't give up some chicken and we can't give up some beef. I can't give but up some beef. Uh, no. But I'm not about giving up the oxtail, which is part of the beef. <laughs> See? And listen, uh, and I have I'll... oxtail seasoning in my cabinet. Guess who make an oxtail? Yeah. Blue Mountain. <laughs> okay, okay. yeah. So Blue listen, Mountain just, oxtail just... seasoning. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about giving up fish, you know, I really, I, I'm not there yet, but definitely. No, see, I will the... do the plant-based diet and I would add fish to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, again, I, I can do it, but I'm not, I think that's called a pescatarian. But listen, um, I think it all boils down to really having a balanced diet too. So it's not just having a balanced diet for your emotions, your spirit, but also body having the right you know, macro and macronutrients, having the right balance of carb, proteins, and um, and fats as it relates to your body weight and yes. body type. So those things people tend to not go dive or deeper into when they're going, looking into their diet. But I think people need to be more educated on who they are before they start trying to figure out what they are. Right, right. Because as you get older, you know, your hormone levels change and your Everything cortisol changes. levels Everything go changes. up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you yeah, can get, yeah. So, yeah. so you got to understand who you are. Yeah, absolutely. And, and how to approach it. So education is key. Education is, is key. key. Well, my girl, it has been an honor and a pleasure speaking with you. And I'd like to thank you for our time today. And thank you for trusting me with your story. Many blessings on your life and your endeavors. Oh, thank you so much. You the same. And uh, I hope we can keep in touch, though, to be real real honest. Because I I need to... Well, you have my information. Oh, for sure. Well, you got my time. You have my information. Oh, for sure. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I will let you go and uh, have your evening. And you have a beautiful evening too, love. You too. Peace and blessings. Thank you for joining this episode of the Save Our Sisters Unplugged podcast. Hopefully you found it to be inspiring and you've received great information you can use in your daily life. If you've enjoyed this episode, please show your sis some love by subscribing on Anchor, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please don't forget to rate and review. We're on Instagram at SaveOurSisters underscore 2020 and check out our YouTube page. If you would like to continue the conversation, join our Save Our Sisters group on Facebook. Until next time, sis, and remember to love yourself.